<laughs> but that is the thing. Yeah. And it's interesting that some reports have found that pet ownership increased during the pandemic in South Africa. Mm. Yeah, people were getting harmless animals, etc. The ones that, you know, humans really love. And then there were the odd people who were getting pit bulls, which is still a surprise to me. And some were getting, you know, even bigger cats, like tigers and so on. So what does the law say when it comes to pet ownership in South Africa? And what is one's responsibility when it comes to owning this? And what's the recourse if the pet is found to be roaming the streets of the country, causing havoc like what we saw? We're joined on the line by Liliona Chivenga, who's a community legal educator. Good morning and thank you for your time. Good morning. Good morning, Mo. Morning, Kuso. Happy to be here. In, in general terms, uh, what does the law say in terms of pet ownership in the country? Who can own an animal and what is a pet as far as South African law is concerned? You see, that's the first problem in South Africa. Mm. We do not exactly have pet-specific legislation which like, regulates or prohibits or restricts ownership or controls certain animals. And we also do not have the proper definition of a pet in our legislation. Mm. So animal ownership and obviously the translation of that into pet ownership is a conservation issue which is mainly left for provincial legislation. So we don't have regulations pertaining to the suitability of persons in respect of pet ownership. Uh, anyone can become an owner of an animal, including minor children. Mm. So anyone can own a pet and you can own any kind of animal, except, of course, as provincial legislation prohibits uh, such ownership. The most that we probably have in relation to some sort of regulation for pet ownership mm. would be in line with the um, <clears throat> National Environment Management Biodiversity Act. Mm -hmm. At least there, there's some indication of um, what are invasive species, mm. what are exotic species, those that cannot be owned and require permits. But other than that, we do not have pet-specific legislation in South Africa. Uh-huh. <laughs> Now, Liliona, let's talk about under what grounds is the owner held you know, accountable if the animal attacks another person or another animal? And can the owner be criminally charged for this? So we generally have two flows in our law on how you can be held accountable for an attack perpetrated by an animal that's in your control. Mm. So we have that under criminal law, and we also have that in the law of delict. The law of delict is the law of suing money, where we sue each other. So in criminal law, lately our courts have not had to interpret criminal law in relation to animal ownership. But there is legal precedent from a very long time ago, which does say that, you know, you could be held criminally liable. Mm. So in that regard, you'd be held criminally liable on the basis of your failure to act when you're in control of a dangerous animal. Mm. So that would be an omission. So criminal liability would flow from your duty to act. So while we don't have a general duty to protect other people, from harm, mm. we have established circumstances when you, there is a duty to act, and one of them is when one is in control of a potentially dangerous animal or thing. Mm. Like obviously, like a pit bull, if you own um, Japanese torsa, if you own some venomous snake, or in this case, a tiger like Shiba. Mm. And mm. to establish whether you have failed in your duty to act, that is done based on the test for negligence, which is applied in our law widely. And in that case for negligence, we look at um, whether an objective, reasonable person would have foreseen the possibility of harm, you know, mm. that attack happening to another third party, another sure. person. Mm. And then secondly, whether a person would have taken reasonable steps to prevent the harm. Mm. For example, if you own a dangerous animal, you must secure the enclosure. Ensure that your animal is properly vaccinated against rabies and so on. Mm. And when, whether that the owner of the particular animal in question failed to take such steps. Mm. Then if you have failed in that, and there obviously are no defenses, which we will obviously talk about, mm. um, 
then you would be held criminally liable for things like assault or culpable homicide. And then in Gilead, again, mm. where we can sue each other, so there is a proper action, which the whole enterprise of it is that an animal lacks capacity to commit a legal wrong, so therefore its owner is responsible for its sure. actions. Yeah, and, exactly. there are three, and there are three requirements for that action to proceed. The first one is the defendant must have been the owner of the domestic animal. Mm. Highlight the word domestic animal at the time the harm is inflicted. And that that animal must be a domestic animal. Again, underline mm. the word domestic animal. And that the animal must have acted contrary to the nature of domesticated animals. Mm. So that's how you can you can entail liability either in criminal law or in the law of dealing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you ask... Uh, a layman or a reasonable man or I don't know, whatever you choose to use. I mean, <laughs> owning a tiger, owning a lion or a leopard, I mean, that, that simply cannot be something that gets taken lightly. And we cannot just assume that, oh, well, you know, we're living in, in, in a township somewhere or in suburbia. It's okay to have an animal like that. We all know that those animals have a home and it is certainly not in a township. It's not on somebody's farm or in, in, in a suburban area. So it's going to be interesting to see how this particular case of uh, Sheba and the owner unfolds because, yes, uh, we know that somebody was attacked even though the, the tiger was ev- eventually euthanized. You see, more the problem with that is sometimes what is morally reprehensible is not does not always attract legal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we all agree that owning a tiger, owning a lion, owning a venomous snake, owning some sort of a ferret is... You know, naturally, it's unnatural. That is not a naturally mm. domesticated animal. But just because we all think it's morally reprehensible, there's no law against it. So because there's no law against it, they are entitled to own their animals. Yeah, well, I guess uh, maybe the lawmakers need to wake up. Absolutely, you know they really I mean? do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do. They need to remember that they have a duty, uh, and that is to put policies in place to make sure that certain things do not happen. All right, Leona, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you for your time. Leona Chuvenga, community legal educator, chatting about pet ownership, animal ownership in the country, and clearly lots of gray areas. What we did also ask you earlier, some of the strangest pets that you think one can own or that you've seen people own, and you're thinking, oh my word, why on earth would you have something like that? Mm. Send us your voice note, 60 552 